Welcome back to another episode of the Educational Lady Podcast. We'll be back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors that make it all possible. We want to thank Violet Defense for their sponsorship of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to violetdefense.com to find out about their fantastic products. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products, or if you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of their technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and the experience you need. Once again, go to violetdefense.com for more information. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. We have a Sideline Interactive video score table in our gymnasium, and it is fantastic. We use it for games, for pep rallies. We use it for signing ceremonies. It's a tremendously versatile tool. You really need to check them out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while bringing excitement to the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see these tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. You really need to check their products out. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute, call them at 614-981-3589, or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. You won't be disappointed. We also want to thank our good friends at Huddle. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. More than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, have been using Huddle to elevate the play of their teams and their athletes using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play. If you're a club or a youth coach, Huddle can help you. Of course, high schools and colleges have been using Huddle for years, and even professional teams have been using Huddle to elevate the play of their teams. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get your kids recruited to. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you or how your school can become a Huddle school, Go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. 
We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and thank them for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire department. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the 95% of the parents and the players that really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466. Or you can email them at info at athletic info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your players or parents, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about their fantastic product at hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a really cool guest today, uh, Michelle Myers. Uh, she is the founder of the NIL Network. She's going to tell us uh, all about that. She's also the NIL coordinator for San Diego State University. She's got a pretty good athletic background. She was a Division I volleyball player, a D1 coach for a while, and also founded uh, a couple of different uh, companies in the area of sports and athletics. So um, I'm going to shut up and we're going to get a chance to listen to uh, Michelle Meyer. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. Excited to talk all things NIL. <laughs> Well, uh, again, as, as we talked before, uh, it's certainly a, a very hot topic, um, it, it, even at the high school level. And we're looking forward to, uh, you know, finding out a little bit more about it, how it impacts high school, high school student athletes, and also maybe how ADs and coaches can uh, better prepare and, and, uh, and deal with it as it uh, becomes a bigger part of their life. So let's go and get started. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school and college? And, and how did your path lead you to uh, NIL? Yeah, so uh, I grew up in Santa Cruz, California, um, Bay Area, and went and played volleyball at UC Santa Barbara, as you mentioned, and then a year professionally in Denmark of indoor volleyball. When I came back, beach volleyball had just been added as a collegiate sport. And I was really excited about that as it's always been kind of my, my first love in the, in the sports of volleyball and was lucky enough to get my foot in the door coaching at University of Hawaii as a coach. Twist my arm, I'll move out to Hawaii and coach some beach volleyball on the beautiful beaches of Waikiki. But um, yeah, so my whole career path has been in volleyball um, and collegiate sports for about the last 15 years. Um, when California passed SB 206 in the fall of 2019, so about two years ago, is when I really got interested in the NIL space. Um, I always knew that NIL would come to college sports eventually, especially with how social media has been going over the past decade. Um, but I never really understood that a state could stand up and say, you know, we 
as a state are saying our athletes who go to school and compete here will have the rights to utilize their name, image, likeness starting, I think their initial start date was January of 2023. So they gave the NCAA a couple of years to, uh, to come around and change their rules. Um, anyway, fast forward to the end of last year. And I think, you know, due to COVID and not really having sports in 2020, all of the NIL stuff really got swept under the rug and not enough people, at least in my opinion, were talking about this massive change that was coming to college sports. So as I started Googling around and looking, I couldn't really find a hub of resources that can help people understand everything that's coming on. And that everyone being not only the athletes, coaches, administrators, but also, you know, the small businesses, the community, those people who are going to be supporting athletes. So I started NIL Network really to try to create a hub of all of those resources and, and help people understand the changes that were coming. And it's been interesting. Uh, I started in November of 2020 and then watching at that point, I think there were Florida had their bill going into effect in July 1st of 2021. And then through the spring, all of the states that, you know, passed their, their legislation to also go into effect on July 1st of 2021. And really just everyone kind of getting on board, the dominoes were, were crumbling. So here we are six months in now. Yeah, again, I bid your site, um, you know, looks really cool. I can imagine it's going to be changing over the months. And, and we're going to jump into NIL, but um, I, I want to go back just a little bit. Um, you know, you talk about, um, you know, I, I think it's every athlete's dream. You know, they go to high school, maybe they're fortunate enough to play at college. Uh, I like to say that injuries and lack of talent kept me out of the NFL. Um, but, you know, you were able to, you know, go pro and of all places, you know, uh, you know, Denmark and then Hawaii. So talk a little bit about that, uh, you know, college volleyball to pro volleyball. Uh, you know, how'd that all work out? Yeah, it was something for, for myself back then. I think there's a lot more of these recruiting agencies now being 10 years later, even that um, are helping athletes in the sport of volleyball. We don't have a professional league here in the States. Um, there's one that's coming up now and that's potentially gonna be an outlet for these college women who want to go on and compete uh, professionally but stay in the United States. But even 10 years ago, you had to go to Europe and play. And really the only way, I mean, that I found to do it as a defensive player, we're not really in that high of demand uh, to play professionally. They usually wanna bring in the big power outside hitters and middle blockers, but I pretty much did my research and I reached out to about 200 clubs over in Europe and said, Hey, I want to come over. I want to set up a tryout and I want to play professionally. And so I set up about five different tryouts across different countries in Europe and went over and bought a one-way ticket and went and tried out the first place I went to was Denmark. And I thought it was a really good fit. So ended up playing there for a season, uh, had plans actually to go back the following year to coach. Um, but I got the, the job at Hawaii and that was a, a little more enticing to go pitch some beach volleyball. So I ended up going on the other side of the world really and uh, hanging out there for a couple of years. Yeah, no, I, I can imagine, uh, you know, that, that must have been a little bit enticing, but a great lesson about marketing yourself, you know, uh, betting on yourself, you know, very cool. Uh, for our listeners, we're visiting with Michelle Meyer, you know, former D1 volleyball player, coach, international player, and the founder of the NIL Network. Uh, we're going to take a deep, deeper dive into NIL uh, when we come back, but let's take a quick break and hear from one of our podcast sponsors. This is the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, we want to say thanks to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. 
more than 180,000 teams, including some of the best in the world, are using Huddle to elevate the performance of their athletes and their teams using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. We've got a Huddle Focus camera in our gym and our volleyball and basketball coaches just love it. Of course, there's analytics and a whole lot more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from the club and the youth levels all the way through high school and colleges, and even professional teams are using Huddle to help improve the play of their teams. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the college and university teams that you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We are back with Michelle Meyer, the founder of the NIL Network. Before we talk NIL, uh, Michelle, we always like to ask our guests about the mentors that they've had in their lives. None of us get where we're at by ourselves. So who are some of the folks that, that helped you along the way, either a, a pat on the back or a kick in the butt? Uh, you know, who are some of those mentors that you can share with us? Yeah, I, I love that question because I think it's something that is, is skimmed over a lot. And it's totally true that, you know, we get to where we are in life by able to lean and learn on, on other people who got us there. And I think my, my top mentor was really the, the head coach at University of Hawaii who brought me out there to be his assistant coach because I, you know, I moved out there when I was 25 years old. I knew really nothing about how big division one programs function and work. And while I was a very small, you know, fish still as the assistant beach volleyball coach, he really taught me everything about what it means to be a college coach, um, what it means to, to build a network, um, to even the recruiting piece. And um, I really, really, I mean, I'm so thankful to him. His name is Scott Wong. He was a former professional beach volleyball uh, athlete as well. He's now the head coach of the indoor team at Pepperdine. Um, but he was absolutely phenomenal uh, in that role. And the other assistant coach there as well, our volunteer assistant, Danny Alvarez, was really our on the court coach that taught me a lot about the, the, the energy, I guess, of coaching and, and getting in there and building relationships with the athletes and players and pushing them and how hard to push them and really all of those different intricacies that I don't think I would have learned without their help. And I think um, now I, uh, a, a person I lean on a lot was the former USC head beach volleyball coach, Anna Collier, who is just a phenomenal woman who has really, really touched, you know, probably hundreds of players at this point, but at the professional level, college level, junior level, and just continues to give back to the sport and really try to grow it. And yeah, those, those people really have helped me get to where I am today. And I'm so thankful for, for them coming into my life somehow. <laughs> uh, again, I always love to hear the stories and it's so great that you can still, you know, reach out and, uh, you know, pick their ear, um, you know, as things come up. Very, very cool. All right, let's talk NIL. You know, a, a couple of years ago, unless you were, you know, maybe part of that, uh, you know, Division One lawsuit with the, uh, you know, video game likenesses and that sort of thing, nobody knew what NIL was. Uh, so, for our listeners, um, you know, what it, what is it, and why should they, 
be concerned about it? Why should they, um, you know, find out as much as they can about it? Yeah. So NIL stands for name, image, and likeness, which are the three pieces of your right to publicity. Um, for anyone pretty much that is not a college athlete or a high school athlete, we, we have these rights without having to be given them. Um, it's the rights to make some money or monetize things with your name in them, um, which name is pretty obvious of what that is, your image, so what's your face look like, and then your likeness. So really any nicknames or things that you go by. Um, and the reason why uh, this has really come to the forefront of college athletics, I think, is because of how social media has grown over the past decade and how we've kind of cut out that middleman that used to be the, the media, the news reporter, um, that would be the intermediary between the athlete or the celebrity, whoever that person was, with their fans. Social media has taken out that middle person, and so now there's direct, um, I guess, direct contact communication where fans can access that athlete's life by following them on Instagram, TikTok, whatever that might be. And the brands, um, companies have have seen that and they've said, okay, well, we want to now partner with these celebrity people who have massive followings within our niche um, to promote our products. And so this industry has really come up. I think it's projected to be about a $15 billion industry in by 2023 or so, which is up from $8 billion in 2019. So that's really kind of massive doubling of growth in only a couple of years. And I anticipate it will grow even more. Um, so I think that's really what pushed it to the forefront of college sports. And I, the case you were referencing was the Ed O'Bannon case, which we all know is kind of the EA sports, the video game case where um, Ed O'Bannon was a former basketball player at UCLA. And years later, he was playing the college basketball game. And his buddy said, hey, like this guy really looks like you. Is that is that supposed to be you? And, and are you getting paid for that? And he's like, well, yes, that does look like me. That is using my likeness, but no, I'm not getting any compensation. So he brought a lawsuit against EA Sports and NCAA. They ended up um, winning the case. And I think all the athletes that were uh, compensated around $1,000 to $5,000, I think depended on how much they were using the game, but that really brought it to public awareness, I think as well, of what this looks like. And so I guess social media, and then the second thing I'll add is more public awareness around this billion dollar industry that the NCAA has become with our TV contracts and just how much these athletes really are treated, you know, more as professional athletes when they are on TV and, um, and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, uh, the, the money I think is one of the things that's, that's certainly driving, um, you know, the, the passion on, on either side, you know, uh, well, these are, you know, college athletes and they're getting a scholarship and they should be, you know, happy with that. And then, you know, the other side of that discussion is, you know, the, you know, I think you said billions of uh, dollars in revenue uh, that these institutions are making uh, because of, you know, the efforts of these student athletes. So uh, again, um, it's, it's, it's a crazy discussion, but I'm glad you can bring some clarity to that. Um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some more specifics, uh, both college and high school. Uh, again, you know, why high school athletic directors, high school coaches need to get educated on this. Uh, please stay with us. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. 
We also want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support. You've heard me say many times that we have a Sideline Interactive video score table in our gym, and it is just terrific. We use it, of course, for volleyball games and basketball games, but we also use it for pep rallies. We use it for signing ceremonies. It's a tremendously versatile tool. You really need to check it out. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department these days, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every season while also creating excitement in the gym and the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. You really need to check these products out. Welcome back. We are visiting with Michelle Meyer, a former college athlete, Division I coach, and also the founder of the NIL Network. Now, Michelle, you're the NIL coordinator for San Diego State University. So you're working, you know, daily, you know, with student athletes, uh, with, you know, let's say potential um, endorsements. Uh, talk a little bit about, you know, that world for the college uh, student athlete. And then, um, again, most of our listeners are high school ADs, you know, um, help them understand you know, how they can, you know, know more about this and how it can possibly impact their schools and their teams as we move forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I started at San Diego State as the NIL coordinator um, a little less than two months ago. So I'm still pretty fresh and brand new in there and, and navigating what this role looks like. Um, obviously, not only just a new role for San Diego State, but a new role across the country. I think San Diego State was about the fourth university uh, to hire an NIL specific position. So it's very cool. And it's something that, I mean, my, my object, um, my objectives in there are really to focus on the education and not only just for the athletes, there's a huge opportunity, you know, to talk to the athletes about, you know, building their personal brand, the different NIL opportunities that are available to them. And then the stuff that really bores them, like how to understand a contract and what are the tax implications and how could this potentially affect your financial aid if you're on some need-based aid but outside of athletes there's also a lot of education that's needed for coaches and how they can help their athletes um administrators the community and as a whole the boosters donors alumni local businesses um those people who will be partnering with our athletes as well so i'm really working on a huge like just creating as much resources as possible for everyone involved and then just trying to get in front of people and talk to them about what this means and that it's not just those social media endorsements that it can be so much more you know coaching and speaking engagements and um i think mentorship as well is something that i really want to to push because i think that that's for every college athlete if they're playing college sports there are probably a lot of young people back in their hometown that play their sport that are looking up at them and saying hey like that's where i want to be someday how can i get closer to that um so, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's, that's what I'm trying to do at San Diego State. Um, I think in terms of how this is looking to affect the high school space, um, when, when NIL passed on July 1st, I believe that California was the only school where athletes could monetize their name image likeness without losing their high school eligibility. 
since then, I believe it's three or four other states that have passed um, passed their rules and now allow their athletes also to monetize their name, image, likeness. Going back a little bit, I guess I'll say that when the NCAA passed on July 1st, that actually took out the, they had a rule pre-existing that prospects could not monetize their NIL either, or they would lose their NCAA eligibility. When they wiped their rule, it really goes back to the high school um, associations, their state law, and if high school athletes are able to retain their high school eligibility. They could still play club, they could still play college ball, but they would lose their ability to play in high school. So what's really interesting to watch right now is if other states will feel that same pressure to pass and, and change their rules to allow their high school athletes to uh, monetize their NIL. I think it's going to be a much slower process than we saw at the college level, just because at the high school level, there isn't as much. Um, basically, what I saw from the, the college uh, level was all the SEC states felt in a need or like a huge pressure to pass their rule. Otherwise, they'd fall behind in the recruiting game. So the football coaches at the college level actually put pressure on a lot of the state legislators to put this bill into effect coming on July 1st. I, I don't really anticipate that happening as much at the high school level, just without as much um, money involved and not the need to recruit as many athletes. But there have been a couple of cases um, of athletes transferring. These are the very, very top of the top too, I should say. You know, this is, if we're looking at the college athletes that might make six figures, right? The 0.01%. High school athletes, I think it's even smaller than that. But the very top of the top, there have been some transfers that have gone to states where they can uh, retain their high school eligibility and make money off their NIL. But I anticipate the main um, NIL kind of topic in the high school space is more about how do these athletes that are going to be college bound prep their NIL. Um, the athletes right now in college obviously didn't have a lot of time to do that. They never really anticipated this changing as quickly as it did once it started rolling. Uh, but I do think a lot of high school athletes are now looking up at it and saying, okay, when I get to college, now I have the right to make some extra money, whether that's life-changing money, or if they are just going to make a couple hundred bucks a month or get some free meals, what do I want to do with my NIL and what are my main goals? So um, like I mentioned, I think social media endorsements has been the top way that athletes have been able to monetize. It's probably one of the easiest ways um, but with that said, you do have to have a social media account, followers, the engagement rate, all of those kind of things. Um, I'm really looking forward to, as this continues to develop, seeing more athletes create camps, private lessons, um, do some mentorship opportunities, appearances, give back to their communities, um, when they go home for summer, those type of things I think will continue to develop. But, um, yeah, so I think for, for the high school athlete, how, how do they want to monetize their NIL? What are their main objectives? Is it just to make money? Do they want to build their resume, their network? Um, and figuring out those really simple things before they get to college so that they're more prepped and prepared as opposed to our current college athletes just got it thrown at them. Yeah, um, you, you covered a lot of ground there and I, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you did. Um, and the landscape obviously is going to be ever changing as, you know, this state uh, and that state, you know, come up with their own, um, you know, policy to deal with this. Let's go and talk San Diego State uh, real quick. Uh, again, you, you've only been on the job for a couple months, uh, so no pressure here. But um, how do you, how are you going to, how are you 
sort of uh, uh, educating your entire athletic department. Uh, you know, we hear about uh, the big, the SEC football player that signs with uh, Dr. Pepper or, um, you know, those big ones. But how about those uh, track and field athletes or even, you know, women's sports? Um, how do you help them? Uh, and is it part of your job? Uh, is your job just compliance or is it helping develop uh, opportunities for some of your student athletes to find a, 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 the good NIL fit? Yeah, so it's a. Uh, I think I'm in the in the same boat as the other kind of NIL people in, in universities around the country. But it's in most institutional policies. If you're an employee or even like a contracted third party by the university, you can't actually have your hand in facilitation of any type of deals. Um, so it's really education and not facilitation. Which education, of course, is a very big bucket of going. Okay, what are the different ways we can look after this? What are some of the different services that you could utilize if these are the type of activities you want to engage in? Uh, giving examples of what we've seen over the past six months. So again, like track and field athletes, I've seen probably a few dozen track and field deals come through around different brands. So even sharing, gosh, this brand is in the market to work with track and field athletes. Have you considered, you know, reaching out to them or what that might look like? Um, so for the, the athlete side, and it's also, I think, um, like, it, I think that a lot of athletes right now, um, because of how this all played out and because it is such scattered rules across the whole country, um, and also because they've been told their whole entire career that nothing is worth the risk of their eligibility, which I would agree. And I think that if, you know, if they're going to be doing a $100 deal and, and it ends up costing them eligibility, like definitely not worth it. So in saying that, I think that these athletes are a bit um, almost like paralyzed from, from participating in some NIL type opportunities because it's just not worth it for them. Um, and it's not worth kind of the, the stress of wondering if they're doing it right or if they're signing into a contract that's going to give away all their rights. And there's just so many, I guess, things for them to worry about. So that's um, one of my main goals, I guess, with creating NIL Network was really to provide a resource for them to understand what are all the service providers in this industry? Who's providing like really great resources um, and services? And if they're looking at doing coaching lessons, who can help them put together a plan for that? And if they need someone to review a contract, how can they reach out to a person there? And really just trying to aggregate as many things from this massive new industry as it develops um, to help them from that side. Because again, it, at San Diego State, and this is kind of a tough situation that any university's in, if an athlete comes to their coach or if they come to the NIL coordinator or their athletic director and they say, hey, I got this contract, I need help reviewing it, um, the school really can't review that for them and give them the green light because it opens up liability for the school, that contract goes bad, the athlete goes back and says, hey, you said this was a good contract, um, and they can you know, take out a lawsuit against the school. But what the schools also have their hands tied about is that same athlete comes and says, okay, I need you to read this contract. Coach goes, I can't read it. And they go, okay, well, who should I get to read it? And the coach can't say, oh, I got an attorney friend down the street who can take care of that for you because it opens up the same kind of uh, liability for the school. So that's where I see, you know, the, the main resource on NIL network, that service provider directory being 
what is going to be most useful for athletes as I continue to build it out to a more comprehensive level and also trying to build more transparency into this industry because I have not been impressed with the transparency in the first six months. Um, and I keep begging all these companies that have the data and analytics to, to share and, and try to, you know, build this all together. But it's a it's a battle. <laughs> yeah, boy, again, the more we talk about it, you know, the more, um, you know, questions that uh, are out there. And you already mentioned it earlier that uh, a student athlete signs an NIL deal and, you know, let's say they get, you know, $5,000 that that could uh, that income could, you know, knock them out of some financial aid that they're receiving, and they're actually in a worse position than they were before they got the NIL. So, uh, again, who do they go to to answer yeah. these questions? Yeah, and that's one of like the the scariest things, I guess, for our more Olympic sport athletes that aren't going to be signing into these six figure contracts for the most part. But if they, you know, on Pell grants or whatever financial need based aid, let's say they make two thousand dollars in NIL deals. And that gets their Pell Grant gets reevaluated two years later, they could lose. It's not dollar for dollar. So they could lose four or five thousand dollars of Pell Grant money. And all of a sudden they're in the red a couple thousand dollars for doing some work. And so that's what like athletes really need to be aware of that and careful about that and get in with their financial aid office and figure out what that threshold is and then evaluate their opportunities. Because obviously you don't want to do a ton of work just to end up negative thousands of dollars. That's the worst I think that could happen. No, I, I think that's going to become a new line on the uh, award, you know, the financial aid award, you know, uh, potential NIL, you know, what's your cushion there. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. Get that NIL network, uh, you know, up uh, even more. Okay. We're visiting <laughs> with Michelle Meyer, uh, NIL expert. Uh, we're going to be back with some more, uh, but let's take another break and hear from our podcast sponsors. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs for their support of the podcast. Wall of Fame by Vital Signs is on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They provide a variety of interactive touchscreen video consoles, along with an extensive library of templates to make it easier than ever to recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. For ideas on how to showcase your school's diverse history, along with your proudest moments, Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or learn more and get started with your own digital Wall of Fame tribute. Call them at 614-981-3589 or you can email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Michelle, we're going to take a, a quick break from NIL, and uh, you know you were a Division One athlete, uh, Division One coach too, and also played professionally and internationally. So, here's my question: um, You know, toughness is such an important component in athletics, and uh, I, I remember you know being told a hundred years ago, you know, come on, Jake, you got to be tough, you got to suck it up. Um, Nowadays, how can a coach or an AD or a leader uh, coach kids to be tough while also being aware of, you know, the very real social emotional challenges that a Generation Z student athlete is experiencing? Do you have any advice for us? Yeah, so I think, I mean, what my approach really as a coach, um, 
and again at the college level so maybe a little a little bit older than the high school athletes um but I think the my my focus I guess as a coach was trying to build that intrinsic motivation um and so instead of saying you know you got to be tougher you got to do this you got to do this it's like talk to them as a as a human, as a person, as an athlete, and set goals with them that you're trying to meet every time, every time you're at practice, every time you're in games, every time competition, and really try to, instead then of harping on them, like you're not trying hard enough, you're da, 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 it's a reminder as a coach of all of those goals that you set together when you guys are working through where you wanted to go as a team. So you have an athlete that is, let's say, you know, in, in your mind as a coach, like really just not performing at practice that day, I think it's as simple as, you know, pulling them aside and saying, hey, you know what, like, where are we trying to go as a team, as an individual, remind them of those goals and really try to understand if we can make that, again, more of an intrinsic motivation to perform, to give your best effort, to toughen up versus that extrinsic that the coach is just riding you so hard that you don't want to be there. Um, and, and giving them a voice as well, uh, I think works really, really well for me as a coach and was able to build those relationships and get the players respect on a little bit more um, on a level. And beach volleyball is such an interesting sport for um, coaching as well, because we can't actually do anything during the matches. It's all preparing them during training. When the matches go on, you, you're not off the bench yelling at them like every other sport. You have to sit there. You can't even really clap. And so really everything happens in practice and, and trying to put them in those situations where they can then make the decisions and the game time kind of tactics on their own. Um, and so I think said a lot there, but I think really, you know, treating them as, uh, as an adult, setting those goals and then coming back around to them and just having those reminders so that they understand, you know, you're not meeting your expectations, but you're not necessarily telling them, you know, you suck, try better, <laughs> try harder. No, it, it makes perfect sense. And again, you and I talked a little bit uh, before. It's about communicating, uh, you know, just letting, you know, this is the expectation or this is how we're going to do this. And then, you know, putting those tools uh, uh, in their toolbox. Uh, speaking of toolboxes, uh, this has been really cool, you know, getting to know you and finding out more about NIL, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the Athletic Director's Toolbox, uh, which is sponsored by Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Uh, you certainly know your way around the world of athletics as a player, as a coach, and as an entrepreneur, and now as the founder of the NIL Network. But in just a second, I'm gonna challenge you to send out a, a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what's going to go in Michelle Myers' athletic director toolbox. So uh, please stay with us. Once again, we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the athletic director's toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy and affordable way for you to collect some really cool data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic department. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also gives you access to the usually 95% of the parents and the players who really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. 
go to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and check out their testimonials and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466 or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out on a great opportunity. Go to the experts at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic department from good to great. All right, it's that time, Michelle. Um, we're going to find out what tools are going to go in your athletic director, or maybe it's a head coach, but uh, you know, your toolbox, what three things are you going to recommend? So I think my, my top one above and above and beyond, I think um, would be adaptability, especially in this time and age that we're in right now and how sports are shifting um, at the college level uh, at NCAA and even trickling down to the high school level, the, you know, influx of club sports and, just all of the different changes that we've seen happen across sports in the past decade. I think it's so, so important to be adaptable and also have this willingness, I guess, to maybe not change, but at least to listen and to understand um, the people who are working for you. So my second tool is uh, communication skills, because I think knowing um, the people who are, again, working for you, the, the coaches and also your athletes and your parents, uh, and being able to listen to them and understand the issues, even if you cannot solve them all the time, is a huge, huge asset. Uh, and I take, I guess, from that, I worked at USA Volleyball for a few years running the Beach High Performance Program. You know, we couldn't solve all the problems for all 50 states of the beach volleyball programs that were happening, but we certainly could listen to the parents and understand where they were coming from and why they weren't very happy, you know, with the programming or they wanted it to look this way and trying to really not only understand them, but see if we can come to some kind of common ground, even if it wasn't exactly what they were looking for from the program. Um, let's see, my third one, you know, I might just go with those two, adaptability and then communication skills, because I think with those, you can be pretty, pretty set up to make some, you know, positive changes and also to get people behind you and, and on your team and working together because Without those two, you're probably going to have some have some struggles working with them, um, with all the people that come into you know your life and your career around sports. Well, those are certainly great tools, but uh, we're going to let you put a third one in there. If one of our listeners wants to find out more about NIL, or if they want to reach out and pick your brain directly, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. Um, so nilnetwork.com is my website. It's really, I'm building it as a hub of resources for athletes, coaches, administrators. It's also turned into quite a resource for brands, other NIL companies, and really whoever's trying to learn more about this uh, developing industry. It is changing so rapidly. We're only six months in right now. It seems every week there is a new headline and thing that's come out. And so very exciting time. Also, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of change and things to keep up with. So if you want to reach out to me, uh, my email is michelle at nilnetwork.com. Um, we also have an Instagram account that I'm trying to post daily on that's nilnetwork um, on the Instagram, which is really just trying to pull some statistics about the industry, some quotes from industry leaders and snippets of kind of just details about this industry as it trumps along. So 
yeah, check it out. All right. Michelle Meyer, NIL Network. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today and all the best moving forward for you and for San Diego State. Thank you, Jake. It was great having uh, being on. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. As always, we couldn't do this without the incredible support of Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can learn more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your program by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thank you.